thought after first service that my heart would be racing a little bit less, but no. Every time I see that bumper, my heart just like, oh, I just love those clips and those, and I, my heart starts racing. And we're kind of on high RPMs today, mm -hmm. I think a little bit. Um, my name is Susie Nelson. I am the director of Life Together here at K2 The Church, which is just how we try to help the masses of people coming through these doors find healthy friendships and people to grow with in Christ. And Rachel is my coworker. She's she basically does most of the work in life together. She <laughs> keeps things running smoothly as the coordinator and as the leader specialist. So when we were watching that first clip with the the animals, you know, the different ones be together but not be the same. We had a, a dialogue about which one we were, the last animal with the, the dog and the orangutan. I'm convinced I'm the orangutan because Susie is like the cuddly puppy. Like she's always like, oh, okay, we're good. So um, yeah, so anyway, so I'm the orangutan. Welcome. We're here not touching today. So <laughs> you know. thanks for having us. We're really excited to talk about the idea of running with each other. Um, being in life together, this is our heart and soul and passion, um, helping each of you get connected with each other. So thanks for having us. We're going to pray, and then we're going to dive right in. Jesus, thank you so much for your grace, for your love, for every person who's in this room right now. Um, would you just come and sit in our midst and speak to our hearts? And we... Rachel and I just trust you to um, have your way, say what you want to say. We offer up to you all the work that we've done, and we just ask that the next uh, half hour would be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it's, it's kind of fun to talk about running with um, each other and connecting your lives with people because we're all so different in this room, right? We're so different. We're all over the place. We're, we... Um, we like different things, we wear different things, unless you're Rachel and I. We literally had to send photos of ourselves to each other this morning because no lie, 50% of the time when we show up on a Tuesday for staff meeting, we're dressed the same. So we've, we've chosen opposing shirts today. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we both tend toward the hippie side of things. But that's where the similarities stop. We're very different in other ways. So we're looking forward to uh, yeah. giving this a shot today. I don't get up here very often. If you're, if you're new here, you wouldn't know that. And, and Rachel has never um, gotten up here to give a sermon before. So this is really fun for us. Um, and we're just trusting that God's going to use whatever we have to share with you to help each one of you apply it in your life individually as God wants to. All right, so we, as David said, we've been in a ser series, and he's already taught you that you need to run away from the, the junk that pulls you away from God, and you also need to run toward God and seek his life, seek his purity, seek his love, seek him more than anything else. And as we talk about run with today, though, we're going to look back at the passage that we've been in for three weeks, and then we're going to dive in. Um, 2 Timothy 2. 21 through 22 says, those who cleanse themselves from the latter, again, that's referring back to the rest of the chapter, which we um, have covered in the last few weeks. These people will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. 
Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Um, Really, we want to be people, really, who are used by God for great things. I know when Rachel and I first started our friendship, that's the hunger of her heart, that's the hunger of my heart. Um, But we can't do that alone. So the last 13 words, I know in this translation, actually, it's not 13 words. There's a few extra words. But we counted 13 words that we are going to teach on today. We are running with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. And we really only have three points today. With those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So if we get rambly up here, that's where we're going. (laughs) Never. Not us. All right, so first we're going to hit with those. So run with people who also want God. And when you look at the context of that verse, it talks about the idea of pursuing things. And when you think of pursuing, you tend to, to not think about hoping something will just happen by chance, that you hope it will work out. But rather pursuing is striving. It's an intentionality. It's, a, it's I'm going for this and I am not going to stop until I reach my goal. Now, if you're going and you're pursuing faith, righteousness, peace, and love. You are, you are doing everything to get to that mark. You, are, you have your mark, you have your goal. And we all know you're never gonna reach your goal if you don't have a goal, if you don't have a mark you're going after. So to know that those are your goal is powerful. You can, you can sit on that and you can rest on that. Now, anytime you're in something like that where you're pursuing something, it's best to do that in the context of those, like we talk about. So the idea is this. If you're going to run after something or you're going to train for something, you're going to train with people who are like-minded, who are in the same kind of thing. So marathoners, train with marathoners. Sprinters, train with sprinters. Or if you're like me and my girlfriends, we all get together and we have all these great ideas of ways that we can help each other get in shape better. So last year we decide we're going to do a triathlon. Now, some of us, I think one had done one before. Most of us are like, we're learning how to swim. Um, Yeah, not kidding. So we decide. But so what we decide to do is we're running together. We're biking together. We're swimming together. We're asking what each other are eating. We're checking in. Did you do this? I'm going out today. But I couldn't rely on the other ladies to put in their miles and expect that I was going to be in shape and ready for that event. I had to do it also. But the joy of it is doing it together having that accountability, having someone to do it. And then at the actual race, while we didn't most of the time get to run together, we would, (laughs) or it was more like this, right? Like, but having someone with you is is powerful to do that. So having your those, the people you are running with. And this pursuit, really, as, as she said, she's, she's training for a triathlon with people who are training for a triathlon. We're not up here today to talk about getting in shape. We're talking about spiritual pursuit and fitness. And so in the same sense, we're pursuing the same thing together. It's kind of like this. The flow of this passage is you are pursuing hard after the heart of God, and you're running in that direction. You don't want anything else. And you look over your shoulder, and you're not alone. There are other people totally different walks of life, totally different races, totally different socioeconomic status, but they want the same thing, and they're running the same race. And those are the people you want to look for. So remember the pursuit, remember the race. What is your race? Go back and listen to the last few sermons that my husband gave, if you haven't heard them already. 
If you want to look for people to run the same race as you are, um, you need to be clear on what your race is. Do you want God more than anything else? You are the only person who can answer that question. You know in your heart if you're living for Christ and if you're not. And God is full of grace and will help you and will change your heart and will draw you to himself. The importance is being honest about what you really want, first and foremost. But secondly, today's question is more, think about the other people in your life and what the race is that they're running. Um, So we're going to take a minute to reflect, and I want you to picture in your mind your go-to people, the people in your life that when you're having a bad day, you want to text them. The people in your life that when you are really, um, I don't know, struggling in your marriage or trying not to have that next drink or whatever it is in the goals that you have in your life, who are the people you go to? Picture them in your mind with me. And then ask this question, what do they want more than anything else in life? And if you're like me, the answers can be all over the map. There's people in my life who are near and dear to me that I go to who hunger for comfort, who are living for happiness, who are living for popularity, who are living for wealth. But there are the people in my life who are living for God. And if you do not have those people in your life, that's what we're talking about today. Finding the running partners who want what you want, who want God more than anything else. And we're going to talk more about why that is. So our second point is, the, the second part of that is who call on the Lord. So we want to run with people who depend on God. So Susie and I decided last April, May, that we were going to study 2 Timothy together. And she says, well, we're going to go through this. We're going to do this inductive study. I want to teach you how to understand the Bible in a different way than maybe you've read it before. Great. She says, I think we need about a month to do that. (laughs) We're still in it. I think we're we're literally, she's just in the middle of chapter two now. So that shows you how quickly we move together. (laughs) But the cool thing is, as we're starting to do this, I said, okay, where do I start? How do I do this? And she says, well, the first thing I usually do when, when reading a verse is I look up the Greek meaning of it. Really? Oh, oh, that's a thing. Okay, let's do that. So she teaches me how to do this. And it's exciting because now it is something that I've done where I've now picked up when I read a a verse in the Bible, I can look in and I can understand it in a completely different way. I'm usually not going, what did I just read? And, oh, that was fun. Now what's next? But you get a better context. You get a better understanding of what it was that the Lord wanted us to understand from that verse. So the idea of who call on, when you look that up in the Greek, it means epikaleo, or epikaleo is the Greek of that. And you can look up, when you get that, the the different definitions are to call upon by way of adoration, to appeal to, and even on blueletterbible.org, it says to be named after someone and to take on their name. So when I think of calling on someone, I think, oh, you know, I need a new recipe. I'm going to call on my friends, and I'm going to ask them something like this. It's going to kind of have a, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching out to someone who knows something more than I do so that I can learn from them. But this is so much deeper than when we understand the idea of it. We are now taking on the name of the Lord. When they're used together, Take, to call on the name of the Lord, when they're used that way, we're actually taking on the name of Christ. And when you take on that name, 
you are then made holy and pure just as he is. You own that. It is now who you are, and you are changed. And it's exciting to know that that is the transformation that happens in each of us because it's no longer, I am me, and I'm going to keep sinning and messing up, which I do every single day. Ask my family. I'm a mess. But now I also have the spirit of the Lord within me, and I am made pure, and I am made holy. And it's beautiful because even in Acts 2.21, he talks about, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It is that, that action, calling on the name of the Lord, epikaleo, that you are instantaneously changed into being pure and holy. It's a beautiful thing. And as you are changed, as you call on the name of the Lord initially, you have to do that every day of your life, right? It doesn't stop just because God has made you his own and filled you with his Holy Spirit. In fact, one of the um, things that you had shared, uh, I think you shared last service, is that part of this idea of calling on the name of someone was this idea of entering into a covenant. When I call on the Lord, I'm entering into a covenant with him. And that's the cool thing about a covenant relationship is um, it's not a commitment where we live up to our commitment. A covenant is where we depend on him to stand up when we're not. So there's this sense of dependence on God. It is a total dependence for my salvation and my daily life. And so the illustration for this, um, I used to be a rock climber. Uh, I have done very little climbing lately, so I talk in the past tense. But I've done this, and, and we chose this picture specifically because this is a multi-pitch climb. You know, if I'm going to be climbing in the gym where I'm just bouldering and there's lots of soft pads on the floor, I don't care who I'm climbing with. I'll climb with anyone. But if I'm going to be on a cliff hundreds of feet up, what they're doing here is they're switching belay. If I'm hundreds of feet up a cliff with one other person who my life depends on, I do not want someone who's cavalier about the protection. All those things hanging off their belt, that's the protection that they clip into the rock to make sure when they fall, they don't die. And there are climbers who just know they're not going to fall. Who just know. I've done this climb before. I've done it a hundred times before. I'm not going to fall. So they get careless about the protection, and they're not depending on the protection for their safety. They're depending on their own skill and ability to climb the rock. And I was very careful not to climb with people like that because I know I'm going to fall, One, number one. But number two, the rock is unpredictable. Your skills are unpredictable. You could have a bad day. We cannot depend on ourselves. It's the same in life. Your life is unpredictable. So many of you in here, and I think I would include David and I in this as well because I think you guys look at us this way, if you know us. There are many people in here who look like you have it together. Like if anybody's going to depend on themselves to do a good job at life and are strong enough and skilled enough and have it together enough to to live a reasonably productive, good, healthy life, um, that would be some of us in this room. But we all know things happen and it kicks our butt. There are days when I can barely get out of bed. And if I'm depending on myself 
And if I have people in my life who expect me to depend on myself, um, I'm, I'm done. But if I am calling on the Lord and I have people in my life who are saying, hey, Suze, I know this is rough, but let's go to God. Then I have a chance of when I fall, I'm not going to die. <laughs> I'm going to be okay. So the idea of this is important because we need to walk with those who depend on God. It's important to the progress of our faith. It's important to us continuing to be sanctified. But what we want to make sure is, the, is understood is this also isn't a call to, to rally up your people and, and get yourself into a holy huddle where you, you don't have any outside influences and you're not out there in the world with anyone else. Um, instead, these are, people are your lifeline. They're the people that you're connecting with when you're having a hard time. When you're having a hard time in any aspect of your life, you know who you can call who's going to point you back to Jesus, who's going to give truth and grace and love into what you're going through. Um, at the end, we're going to walk through some practical ways that you can really get involved uh, because oftentimes people, many of you don't have a relationship like this or you don't have a, what we call a running partner or an accountability partner. Maybe you don't have a life together group. So we're going to walk through some different ways, but to understand that this isn't a call to just pull in, this is a call to understand there are times when you need a lifeline and there are times when you need to be out there in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, please don't miss that. You know, we need so many people in our life. We're all so hopefully deeply connected on various fronts and in different ways. And the le I, if you've been here at K2 at all, you know this is not a holy huddle. This is not a place to come and hide from the world. We're all over the map in here. I think of it every Sunday. We are a mixed bag of rocks in this room. We really are. But again, what we're saying is, as you pursue Christ, let's intentionally pursue a few close relationships that will be that lifeline for us. Um, all right, so run with those who are running the same race, who depend on God, and the third one is who, call on, or who are, have a pure heart. These are people who are hungry for God. You want to run with other people who are hungry enough for God uh, that it's reflected in this, this idea of a pure heart. Yeah, I know. We're going to do the Greek again. The, the word for pure here is katharos, which means purged, clean, pure, as being cleansed. Um, if, you're, if you're not familiar with the Bible, you might be familiar with Greek tragedy, the whole idea of catharsis. It's this purging, this emotional cleansing that happens when you, you know, you go, you watch a, a tearjerker in the movie theater, and you feel so good when you get out if you've just wept. You know, well, dudes may not feel good about that. <laughs> you may not know what I'm talking about. Um, but it feels really good. Um, this is the idea of being cleansed. There are other words in the Greek that Paul could have used here, words that mean holy or pure, ethically pure. Um, in some places, this word also is translated without admixture, um, without blemish, without spot. But everywhere that this word is used, this particular Greek word, it comes with it the idea that it's only clean because somebody cleaned it. This is a heart that's pure because it's been cleaned. 
It has been purified. You don't go out in nature and dig up pure gold. You find gold with lots of admixture in it, and you refine it. That's how you come up with pure gold. So the pure heart, running the race with people who have a pure heart, what does that look like? Why, it's, it's a heart that's been cleansed. And you know, Rachel talked about it already just briefly when she was talking about call on the name of the Lord. When we, okay, how do I do this, sorry. We went way long for service, so I'm not following my notes. So. I want to make sure to be clear on this. Because what we don't want to do when you look at this verse and say, okay, I need to find people who call on the Lord from a pure heart. If you start looking around for people who look good, people who have it all together, people who are perfect, you are going to be looking a long time because you can't even look at yourself. None of us have a pure heart. I mean, even if you're not a follower of Christ in here today and you've never considered Christ, you know that you have an idea of what the ideal life should look like. You have an idea of what's right and ethical. Whether your idea agrees with my idea or not, you have some idea and you do not live up to your own ideals. None of us do. So we need to be cleansed. We need God to cleanse us. When I gave my heart to Jesus as a 13-year-old girl, he made me new. And in that moment and from that time on, he has seen me without blemish and without accusation. He just loves me because he sees what Jesus did on the cross for me. But he's also making me new. And I am growing and I am changing. And every day I have to go before the Lord and say, is there anything in my life and in my heart that is just, this is just true, right? Where I am not walking with the Lord, I need to confess my sin. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us and to make us clean. And that's the type of people that we want to be, that we want to walk with, I'm serious, I look for the broken person who's humble in their brokenness and who's willing to admit they are just as messed up as I am and willing to let God do surgery on their heart. Those are the people I need in my life to trust. Now we're all guilty uh, at times of not following this, but God is inviting us into an opportunity to do what we can't do of ourselves. We cannot clean our own hearts. We must be cleaned by God. Now, I am handing off in two seconds, but I want to say this. If you, if you guys also read these verses in context, I do want to acknowledge that in the context of this chapter, Paul is also telling Timothy um, that part of having a pure heart means making hard choices to walk away. There were some really negative relationships in the church at Ephesus that Timothy was involved in that were causing strife and envy and frustration and upsetting people's hearts. And, and, and Paul was encouraging him. He said, cleanse yourself from these things. 
So in the context, there is a sense that even though God has cleansed my heart, I also need to respond by being willing to cleanse my life, to step away from the relationships that I know are not helping me get closer to God, um, to work hard to step away from the things in my life that pull me away from God. That is part of the cleansing process as well. So I think... Is it you? (laughs) One thing, so I've worked with Susie now, I don't know, three and a half years. Before that, and combined at the same time, I worked with Dave. And when you work with a couple like them, they, they don't tend to let you just wallow in your muck for very long. And if you have a lot of muck, it kind of comes up pretty quick. So like she said, she likes to surround herself with broken people. She's not kidding. That's why we work together. (laughs) So I would come in and we'd start talking and they're like, how are you doing? How are things going? For any of you who attended the women's conference a few months ago, I shared some really vulnerable, really scary things to share with people. How broken I have been and how broken I am. And They've walked through all of this with me. They know me. And here's the truth of the gospel. And here is what the gospel is. And here's what keeps me going on a daily basis. Is knowing I could walk in and I could tell them the darkest of the dark of my life, of my soul, of my heart. And I would expect, I actually thought they were going to fire me at one point when I confessed. More than one point. Yeah, more than one point. (laughs) Yeah. But... (laughs) They said, we love your brokenness. I was like, you're all crazy. (laughs) But then they would say things, we're struggling in our marriage. We're having a really hard time. And they would say, oh, yeah, that's natural. Like, you're, I get it. But you're not called to natural. You're called to supernatural. (laughs) Oh, great. Thanks. They would say things like, well, how are you serving Jason today? Have you called him and asked him how you can serve him? No. No, I didn't do that. (laughs) No, we're good. Good talk, though. I'm out. (laughs) And that actually even happened this week, you guys. So Susie and I have been wrestling over (laughs) some things. And it was a dark moment. (laughs) That's for a fact. (laughs) The truth is hard. Right? (laughs) So we're wrestling over this, and I'm looking at Katharos, and we're battling back and forth, and she's like, yes, I love it. It's it's all about cleansing and and taking off the bad. And I'm like, really? Because the one I read, it says pure. It says unblemished. I thought it was a call to perfection. I was like, I ran from that idea before. There is no way Rachel Wilford will ever be pure and unblemished. Sorry, folks, it's just the truth. It's the truth for all of us. So we battle back and forth, and Susie's throwing pens, and we're trying to figure this out. And I realized that we finally came that it's both. That because Jesus is in us, we are pure and unblemished and clean. But because I'm human and I am Rachel, I will always have sin and always have tendencies that need to be cast off. So on Thursday, we're meeting, we're going over this, and I'm, I'm getting all fired up, as I tend to do, and she says, yeah, we need to stop talking about this, and we need to talk about the jokes that you're making that are covering up the pain that you're feeling. 
We need to talk about the emotion that's coming through on some topics you've been mentioning. And we need to deal with that because we can't deal with this if, if you've got that on your heart. And I was like, oh, great. It's going to be one of those days. Good. I love these talks. So we talk about it and we go through this. And she says, tell me more about this pain, this frustration. Same kind of idea. You're justified to feel this way. I get why you're feeling frustrated. You're feeling exhausted in your pain. I get it. How are you serving others through that pain? Thanks, Suze. <laughs> Thanks. Let's just sit with that. Nobody's going to want to have coffee with me after this. <laughs> okay, keep going. Her agenda opens <laughs> up. And I struggled. Because then she says, you need to confess what is going on, what this pain is. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to sit here. She's praying. I'm crying. Because that's weird, because I normally don't cry. And I was like, I think I'm good. Let's keep going. I'm good. I just, I, Jesus and I, we need to talk. We're so good. She's like, no, 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 like out loud. What? <laughs> I was like, all right, I confess, I don't want to say this out loud. I don't want to say the hurt that's going on. I don't want to say to anyone, even Susie, who we've walked through so much together, I don't want to tell her the hurts. So I get to say all the hurt, and I'm bawling more, and she's like, that's good. I'm like, okay, we're done. <sighs> Moving on. Let's do this again. She's like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I, feel, I think you, you need to offer forgiveness. What? You need to offer forgiveness where you feel justified for feeling hurt. Or you are justified. You need to offer that forgiveness and you need to offer it now. Like out loud? <laughs> Gosh, okay. I don't want to offer forgiveness, God. This hurts. This hurts. So I confessed and I offered it. And I dealt right there with Catharos. I saw it in my life and I walked out of there. No longer the hurts, no longer that I don't want to deal with this anymore. I walked out of there with the cleansing that Jesus Christ offered me. Not anything I could do other than lay at his throne and confess how I was feeling. And oftentimes it's that emotion of our heart is where we're at that is our sin. It is our struggle. And that is the place where when we're walking with someone else, they can call that to the table. I could have gone about it, and I actually don't even think I realized how much pride I was holding on to. I'm justified. I am right in this wrong that's been done. I'm okay. But I fortunately had someone who could call me out and say, with absolute love, because she knows me and she knows my heart, you got to handle this and you got to get of it over. And how often we tend to just brush it off to the side, not flee from those desires that we have, not pursue, just be. When we talk about originally that idea of pursue, we're striving. And if I'm going to strive, I have to have someone with me who's going to call me into striving. Mm -hmm. Who's going to call me into that next step so that I don't get to just sit in complacency. Yeah. And the only reason I could do that with Rach <laughs> is because I've had people in my life who've done that with me. It is hard. But if we don't live with each other in truth and grace, then what are we doing? We need the truth from each other, and we need the grace. We're not talking about being in relationships with people who are going to be like, yeah, fix that. I'm not working <laughs> with, I'm going to stay on stage with you until you fix that. It's really not like that. It's more like, oh, 
let's, let's really, really run this race. Come on. Throw it off. Throw off the sweatpants and run, run in your shorts. Like, let's get rid of the things that are slowing you down. Um, really, for me, it's been this. Uh, you talked about it first service. I'll mention it now. We're talking trajectory here. If you are running hard after that goal, and in this moment, you choose not to forgive, or in this moment, you say, I'm just not going to think about what God's asking me to do today, just for one day. I'm going to do what I want to do. You change your trajectory by one degree, just one. It's not that big a deal today. But 20 years down the road, if you don't have a course correction, you are way off course of where you wanted to be. And if you want God more than anything else, then you want people in your life who are going to recognize that one degree and talk to you about it. I have those people in my life. And oftentimes the one degree, when you think about it, is one choice. Every choice we're making matters in, in the context of, of eternity. And it's that one degree, and it's, it's, a, it's a mind frame, it's a heart mentality. And it's those people in our lives who can call us back on our mark. Because mm -hmm. it's true, yeah, the, the one degree, it's, you are way off when you get down the road. Mm -hmm. And I love this idea because no one can run this race alone. None of us can do this. We all would get, we would get tired. We get worn down. You get, you struggle. You see everything in the world that's going on and none of it makes sense and we're all hurting. Dave mentioned it when he was leading into things. Right now, there is so much chaos out there, and we're all wondering what it means. And if you don't have someone who's going to bring you back here to look at what the truth is and to look at what's out there, the chaos is just going to grow. So remember, there's no running alone, and there's no running with just one person. Those is plural. Those is find those and those others. And many of you in here, your those are out here somewhere. You can look around and you can pinpoint the people that you're walking with, that you're in a life together group with. Maybe you're in a ministry together. Maybe you serve together out there in connections. You can find your those. And there are many of you in this room who have walked in today and you have never felt more lonely. You're in a room of 500 people and you feel desperately alone. So we want to offer you ways to find connection. I didn't always have this. When I came to Jesus, I felt so alone. I was always the weird one. Like, I never fit in anywhere I was at. Um, I never had really good friends. My husband's got friends that he's had since he was, like, a baby. I'm like, yeah, I don't know anybody that I've known more than a few years. And so the gift that Jesus has given me in this is, is a true blessing. But it's hard because there's nothing you can do to make this, like, the growth of this without stepping out. Isolating yourself is the only way to ensure you will not be in community with others. So we want to make sure that you understand the options that are there for you. Life together groups, ministry options, like the men's um, groups and the women's groups. We have refresher for single moms. We have divorce care. We have all these. We have a table out in the lobby today for if you have questions what this could look like for you. If you don't have your those, or you have some and you're just ready to get in deeper. You've been the one who's been hiding here for the last seven years and you're ready to get in. Come and talk to us. Let us know how we can help you and how we can walk with you. The men's event on February 11th, I'm trying to figure out how I can sneak in. I know we told Dave he couldn't sneak into the women's event, but I'm going to figure it out. 
I'm going to be here. So you guys, don't miss that one. Not only is it going to be a way to connect more with God on your own, but it's going to help you connect with the other men that are here. We have a women's um, coffee night on the third Tuesday of every month. We meet at Dita's Cafe. Super low-key, come get coffee and just chill. And you can hang out with us, and Susie will say things like, who have you been serving today? Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. She won't. <laughs> she won't. I might, though, now. Yeah. But make sure that you're finding that and you're stepping out, because that choice now is your choice to take. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the deal. You can come talk to us. In fact, at the Life Together table today, we have flyers for all the different ministries for what's coming up next. So you might be in a Life Together group but want to connect with single moms, or you may not be ready for a Life Together group, and you need something like the 50-plus network where you just find friends to play cards with. Whatever that step is, check out the table. Don't come talk to us without also being willing to talk to God. Please. We can't make this happen for you. We're doing our best to help. Um, but talk to God. He will do this. This is his desire for your life. He created you in his image, and God has never been alone. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, for eternity, before creation, we're in a perfect love relationship. This is his dream for you. It really is. And if you're in here and you're lonely, just know that he's for you in this. He's not thwarting your relationships. He's not thwarting your attempts to connect. The only one who does that is the enemy of your soul. And I'm telling you what, because God has said, this is my plan A, that these people who know me would be one, because God said that's his plan A, what's the plan A of our enemy? To divide. So let's pray about this. Some of you who are in groups and in ministries may need to just think about, okay, the next step for me is to find one person that will meet with me every week. And I need to say today, before we close, that my dear running partner's here. Sorry, that was unexpected. Um, That's my job. This woman has met with me every week for 12 years. Much to my uh, chagrin, I don't know what the word is. In the early years, I was driving to our one-on-ones going, oh, gosh, I have so much to do. Why do we have to do this? But she's the most faithful person I've ever known. I just want you to say hi to her because today's her birthday. And she's here. She doesn't go to church here. um, So she's here to support me today. And everybody say hi, Jill. I love you. (laughs) 12 years right there, every week, rain or shine. If we're on vacation, then she's like, can we have a makeup appointment? Like, um, because we need people in our life, you might pray about God, I have these people in my life, but who's the one person that you'd like me to do this with on a more intentional, weekly, um, regular basis, okay? All right, band, come on up. We're going to close um, with a song that's a bit more reflective for you to sit and pray and hear from the Lord what your next step might be. Um, As we do that, we are going to take our offering. Um, Again, if you're visiting here, if you're new to the Lord, you need to know that the offering here, even though we we pass the offering tray, this is not... um, something that we demand. This is not something that's obligatory. This is a free 
opportunity for people who want to respond to God and worship, to worship financially as well, to demonstrate that I depend on God more than money. I'm hungrier for God than for my own money. And this is the practical opportunity to do that. I'm just going to read one more scripture, if I can find it. Um, Oh, gosh. Well, I guess I'm not. I am, because I, I really am. I think God wants me to do this. I don't know where it is, so I'm going to do it by memory. Um, kind of taking this whole, ser- this whole series in context. As the band leads you through this song, I want you to remember Hebrews. Thank you. My assistant, still. <laughs> um, this kind of sums up everything we've been talking about for the last uh, three weeks. In Hebrews 10, we're exhorted this, let us draw near to God with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let's encourage each other. Let's not neglect this aspect of our walk with Christ. Do not become complacent in pursuing the right relationships in your life. They will empower you to love everyone in your life. All your relationships will benefit from a few key relationships with those in this room. All right, that's it. Thank you.